Hello and welcome to episode 14 of Let's Run, the Western Mass Running Podcast. I'm your host, Tim Gaudet. This podcast is made possible thanks to the resources at East Hampton Media. Many folks have told me that half marathons are their favorite distance. Tim Murphy mentioned that a few weeks ago on this podcast. I hear quite often that half marathons are enough of a challenge to provide a feeling of accomplishment, yet are not as taxing as full marathons, which require significantly more training and are much more stressful on our legs. And beginners who yearn to run a full marathon see half marathons as the first big step. Back in 2014, I had a goal of someday running a marathon. And prior to doing so, I ran the Run to Remember half marathon in Boston. I did a little research, and half marathons are indeed the second most popular distance after the 5K in the United States and globally. But in Europe, the half marathon is actually the most popular distance for an event. The popularity of half marathons started to significantly increase after the year 2000. In 2000, there were roughly 500,000 half marathon finishers in the United States. That total increased to 900,000 in 2008. And in 2014, there were 2 million half marathon finishers in the US. And 60% of those finishers were women. The half marathon was the fastest growing road race distance from 2006 to 2012. The half marathon popularity peaked in 2014 and has actually slowly declined since then. However, running overall has also slowly declined since 2014. There were some very large half marathon events. The largest one worldwide is in Gothenburg, Sweden, which attracted 60,000 runners in 2019. I've actually been to Gothenburg. It's a beautiful city. Back in the US, the largest half marathon is the Brooklyn half, which had almost 27,000 finishers in 2019. And just as an aside, the winner of that event is from Massachusetts. His name is Louis Serafini, and his training philosophy, as posted on his Strava page, is miles, eggs, and beer. Anyway, there are lots of big half marathon events. Perhaps you've heard of the rock and roll half marathon series with events in cities such as Washington, D.C., Philadelphia, Las Vegas, and San Diego. In today's podcast, you'll hear about a lot of local Western Mass half marathons. My featured guest on today's podcast is Meredith Maslowski, a friend who took up running in 2013, ran her first half marathon on Mother's Day in 2014, and has run a total of 84 half marathons. I refer to Meredith as the half marathon machine. You'll hear on the podcast that Meredith has already planned her next 16 half marathons, and if all goes well, she'll be crossing the finish line of her 100th half marathon at the Mother's Day half marathon in Waitley in May of 2022. Meredith stated in the podcast that she runs for beer, so she has a lot in common with Louis Serafini. Meredith has been an inspiration to those looking to start long distance running later in life. Here's my conversation with Meredith, and stay tuned afterwards for an update of local running events, as well as some advice on running in hot weather, 
in a story about a Vermont runner who was aiming for the upcoming Tokyo Olympics. I'd like to now welcome my friend Meredith Meslowski to the podcast. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning. You know, we, we usually see each other in our Tread and Shred class at Roots Fitness Center in Westfield, but today we're recording a, a podcast. I'm so glad that you've agreed to come on the podcast to, to share the experiences of your many half marathons. I believe I once referred to you as the half marathon machines. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with that. How, how many half marathons have you run? I have completed, I believe it's 84. That's pretty close to 100. So is that a goal for you? It is certainly a goal. And my, I anticipate completing that goal next May 2022 in Waitley at the Mother's Day Half Marathon. Wow. So you have uh, 16 between now and then. Yep. Wow. In less than a year. Yep. So, so do you have them all picked out? Um, yes. This year I will ha- hit number 90 in, um, at the Cape. And then um, obviously 91 will be in November. And then I'll just pick up the remainder eight between, you know, December and May. So 90 at the Cape, that, that's the one you're doing with Tammy, right? Correct. Now she's doing the Chowder Challenge. You're you doing that, all, which is a, a half marathon and a marathon in the same weekend. I have to confess, yes, I signed up for that. <laughs> <laughs> have you done that before? Uh, maybe like three times already. Three times. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Wow. That's, that's awesome. And, and that's in October, I believe, right? Correct. It's like the, usually it's the last weekend of October because it's cooler. And I look forward to it because it's one of those locations where it's friendly for everybody that attends. And, you know, you can go around the course and see the runners. And it's just a great location and a great time. Yeah, sure is. I've never done that one. Oh, come on, you have to. Let's do it. <laughs> I'm a few years older than you, so I'm... <laughs> Age is a number. Come on. Kind of on the tail end of my marathon running. Maybe a half, though. Do the half. It's a, there's a relay, too, you can do with your wife. Oh, yeah, relay. Well, we did a relay. I remember one of your marathons was in Hartford, and um, I, I, I think 2019. Yep. And my wife, Cindy, and I, we were part of a relay team that year. So anyway, all these events you've participated in, how are you going to celebrate when you get to 100? Do you have any special plans? Well, I'm hoping to have some a celebration someplace. And the reason why I chose the Waitling one is because that way I can have my friends there. It's, you know, a local race. And I know that they started having Hitchcock Brewery there, which is obviously a local company. So there'll be beer at the finish line. And, you know, I run for beer. <laughs> <laughs> Beer and bling, I can't lie. I thought it was iced coffee. Iced coffee and beer. I mean, it's the great combination. And when they mixed Dunkin' Donuts with beer, it was like home run. <laughs> yeah, I think Harpoon has a Dunkin' Donuts flavored beer. That's Oh, yes, they do. That's what it is. Exactly. So all these events, all these half mar- 84 half marathons and numerous marathons, and do you keep the bling from, from all these events? I certainly do. Every single one of them. So did you have to put an addition on your house to, um, uh, I have one, two, three, four, five metal racks and a, a curtain rod. And I think I have a box full of some of my virtual ones from 2020. 
Wow. So you keep the the, um, the bling, right? The the, the medals. Now, what what about other mm-hmm. souvenirs? Do you keep those as well? You know, mugs. I and- certainly just, I have mugs from the Cape Cod, the Chowder Challenge, and I also have obviously shirts and I have you know stocking hats. I usually keep everything. I will. However, the only thing that I've really not kept are the running shirts because it's kind of hard to just to, to pick the size because sometimes you get them and they're too small or they're too large. So I pass them on to friends and let, let make them feel cool like they ran the race. Yeah, we just did that NICU race last week. Those shirts yep. were big. They were huge. They were huge. I had I usually take a large. I had to get a medium. Same here. So um, let's go back in time a bit. When was your first half marathon? My first half marathon was Mother's Day of 2014. Oh, wow. So you've done 84 half marathons in, in seven years, right? So, uh, mm-hmm. wow. So that's uh, 12 a year yep. on average. Now, do you keep a log of all of them? I really don't, but because of my job, I have an excellent memory. So I kind of have, I can almost name every single one I've done and how many times I've done it. I haven't forgotten my fastest one because one day I will make it a faster, a PR. Um, and I remember my slowest ones. I remember some that I swear I'll never do again. And then now I find myself signing up because I really like the medal at the end. So I, it's, it's a variety. So then prior to 2014, how long had you been running before you, you decided to take the plunge to enter a half? Well, back in 2013, I had surgery for a torn meniscus and I decided after I had that surgery that I was going to change how I looked or lose some weight. And I started walking and I started walking on the bike path and I would do five to 10 miles a day just because I wanted to change. And some person by the name of Tammy convinced me that I was (laughs) a runner, not a walker. And so I started doing my first 5k walked with, and then the following year, I did a half marathon. Wow. So you, you hadn't been running long at all. No. You went right from, I guess, walking to a half marathon. Wow. So, yes. so did you have any, use any app like, you know, couch to 5K? It sounds like you went right couch to half marathon. <laughs> <laughs> well, I really didn't use, I did not use a training plan for the half marathon. I just, it was just one of those things where each distance I ran was a victory. I remember my longest time I ran. I remember my six miles I hit once on my treadmill and I thought it was like the greatest thing since sliced bread. So it was just a matter of pushing myself. And I went, and then one day my goal was I did it secretly because I didn't want Tammy to know because we were training together as I ran my, the, uh, 13 miles by myself when she was on vacation and she got the alert and my phone was instantly ringing. Like, what did you do without me? (laughs) Wow. Wow. That's, that's amazing. And so I promised her the next time that we would run 13 miles when she got back. And ironically, we were mile 12 on East uh, line street in East Hampton. And I tripped and landed on my chin and I split my chin open and she's like, Oh no, what are we going to do? I said, we still have another mile to run. So I ran the, last mile with a split chin only to wind up at Cooley Dick an hour later for seven stitches. Oh gosh. Any other uh, injuries? Well, later we'll talk about running related injuries. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's an unusual one. 
I've had plenty of injuries, but that's what makes me who I am. I guess it's made me, we learn by our mistakes, whether it's injuries or not training enough or overtraining or hydrating. It's all about learning. Well, training, you run so many, if you, you're averaging like 12 a year that if you go online and look up, you know, half marathon training plans, you'll see, you know, 12 week plans or 14 yep. week plans, but you're, you're in a constant state of, uh, I, I guess, readiness, I, I think, right? <laughs> it is. It's true. But I tell you, the only training plan I truly follow is when I'm training for a marathon, because to me, that distance of hitting, you know, going out running 13 miles is to me is not really a big deal. I mean, there are days where I do struggle, but um, but I definitely stick to my marathon training because those longer distances are what I, I need to um, work harder on. So how many marathons have you sprinkled in uh, during the seven-year uh, period? Eight. I've done eight. Wow. Quite a bit. And so you have a ninth one planned for uh, this October, you said, right? That, Correct. That, that, Correct. Wow. So it'll wow. be nine nine marathons and 90 halves at the Cape. Wow. That's awesome. Was, was it pretty much a steady progression, you know, from 2014 to now? Or was, was there it, one year where you just kind of went crazy? and I went... The, I think I went crazy when I, once I hit doing half marathons, I got it in my head that if I didn't stop, if I didn't do anything, I was overtraining. So I got it in my head that if I didn't do anything or I didn't take a break, that I would put back all the weight that I had lost. And so I, that was a constant struggle for me. And so it got to the point where my body wasn't able to rest enough. And hence, after my first marathon, I actually wound up tearing almost or injuring both of my hip flexors. So I was down for like three or four months and I would come back and it's been, you know, I've had my ups and I've had my downs, but every day, every week is a new adventure is how I look at it. Right. So, um, so you started in, in 2014 and, and, and so that was, that was your first half mm -hmm. after that, was it something you decided, wow, I, I'm going to do a lot of these or, or did it just kind of slowly sneak up on you? That Once I, once I hit the first one, it, I really liked it. And then that was in May. And I think it was June. I was, I did my second one and that was done in Simsbury and Oh, the iron horse, the iron horse. And I secretly in my head, it's like, let's see, I want to do a hundred full, a hundred half marathons and 10 full marathons before I turn 55. Wow. And I was doing the math. I'm like, hmm, that's perfectly doable. And it's like, I'll be 54 in October. So I think I'm well on my way. Wow, for sure. So you set the goal really early. Yeah, I did. And as a matter of fact, I believe it was within the following year, I did my first full marathon. We was 20. Let me see if I, I'm a little off with my dates sometimes, but I can check on my first. Yeah, my first marathon was in 2015. I'm sorry, 2014. So I did my first full marathon the same year I did my first half. Yeah, that's um, it's similar to my experience, actually. My first half marathon was um, actually was the Run to Remember in Boston. Yep. And that was in 2014. That was Memorial Day weekend. And then yep. I um, was thinking I was going to do another half marathon, the Hartford half. But my training progressed really well. I felt good. And, and uh, I ended up doing the full marathon in Hartford in 2014. That was my first. Mm -hmm. A few weeks ago, I had uh, Tim and Jill Murphy on. Tim said that his favorite distance was um, the half marathon. He said that was a really a, a, one of the you know, fastest growing events. And, and so I did a little research on that. What I found was that the, the half marathons really grew 
2014 in the in the U.S. there were over two million half marathon finishers. Um, but then since then, it's kind of plateaued, maybe declined a little bit. So I think we we got in right at the, the peak of it, I think. And, and right. they're, still, they're still popular. They're still the um, second most popular distance after 5Ks. I, I was a little surprised to, to read that. I just think it's a nice, comfortable distance. Just as you're ready to say, I'm done, screw this. It's like, oh, look, there's the finish line. Yeah, I think it's something, you know, it's, it's enough of a challenge you know, to keep you, you know, focused and energized, but yet it's, it's not so bad, like, you know, a marathon where your, you know, recovery could take weeks. Yep. <laughs> and, and the preparation, of course, could take many weeks as well. So it does, it takes, it's definitely, it's like, when I train for a marathon, it's like having two full-time jobs, because you literally spend an entire day doing your distance and recovery for that particular training run. Oh, yeah. And I, I remember before I retired and, and training, you know, I'd be up at five in the morning out in the dark yep. uh, going out running. Well, I know that's that. Like I would work till midnight and then I would meet Tammy at 5 a.m. to run 10 miles and come home and go back to bed. Yeah, it's tough after four hours sleep, right? Yep. So um, more recently than um, in 2021, how many halves have you run? I have done an actual live in-person run in um, earlier in May, and then I've done two virtuals. So I've done three so far. Well, and then, like you said earlier, you have um, 16 more planned then between now and, and uh, next May, the Mother's Day Marathon next May. <laughs> wow, that's amazing. So do you have a favorite, something that's really special? Would, would you say the Waitley Mother's Day? Actually, that's special because that was my first half, but my I think my most special half marathon would be the two that I've ran in Iowa, one of them, which is my where I'm from. One of them, I, it was horrible, but it was my dream was to have my favorite aunt at the finish line, and she was there. So that one will always be sentimental, and the highlight of it is I was approached by one of the local newspapers, and my picture was in the paper. Wow, amazing. And was there one... A half marathon that maybe you, you weren't so keen on after you did it? There was one it was called, I believe it was, they don't have it anymore, but it was the um, the Twin Reservoir half. And it was, it started at Holyoke Community College and you ran around Holyoke and then he went, came out and he went to the um, Ashley Reservoir and he did a couple of loops and he came back. And the following year, I think because there wasn't so many people, they had it at the Ashley and you had to run around the Ashley about five or six times. And I was like, <laughs> I swore I would never do it again. And then there was Hartford Marathon. I swore I'd never run it again. And I ran and I did it a third time last fall. And I mean, in 2019, and like, I'm really done with Hartford. <laughs> so have you ever run the Boston uh, run to remember? I've done that. I've done it twice. And plus I've done the five miler. Yeah. So that must be special to you, right? Being a police dispatcher. It's very special. It's very special. And I'm, I would have to say the highlight is, is when you're running out, I believe it's in Cambridge and you have all the police department, police officers from different departments thanking us when instead we should be thanking them for um, having our backs. No, I, I, re I remember that out on, um, I think it's Soldiers Field Road, up that part of the yep. route. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I've done, I've done that one twice. Um, in fact, I, I ran it once with uh, one of my friends who is a police officer, uh -huh. Manny Rivera. No, it's a very special race, very well planned. And, I love, it's just such a great tribute to our fallen police and fire and EMS. And I love the fact that they allow like the family to participate so greatly in that. It's just a great event. As a matter of fact, I'm running that one virtual, I believe next weekend. 
Oh, okay. I, I think they're scheduling a live version of that. Typically, it's Memorial Day weekend. Correct. And unfortunately, that the one they're doing live and in person, if I'm not mistaken, I already have a race scheduled that weekend. So. Yeah, well, in the fall, there's a, a lot of spring events post, were postponed to the fall. And so exactly. now September and October, yep. the race calendar is going to be very busy this year. Yes, I think it's very nice that the Fort Hill Brewery Half Marathon was rescheduled to uh, be held on Sunday, October 3rd, my birthday. So I believe I'll have a lot of people coming out for my birthday that day. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow awesome. So um, there's a lot of uh, popular local half marathons. Uh, we'll do a, a speed round here and I'll throw it out here and, and see. Okay. If you, you tell me if you've done it. <laughs> okay. So Munson. Yep. Yeah. That's a hilly one, right? Oh, yes. I remember you were a water boy there when I ran. It. I did. Yeah, that's right. I volunteered. One year yep. I was recovering from an injury and I volunteered. Oh, you, <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I remember. Trust me. So um, Happy Valley at, at Look Park. Yep. I've done that one. I do that every year. I did that one um, in 2019. Um, of course, the Mother's Day Half Marathon. We talked about that yep. already. You've done that a number of times, I think. Yeah, I've done that almost every year, but one, and that was because I had, I was, I was on crutches and they, re, they wouldn't let me run it. Let's see. And you've done Fort Hill. I, I think you've done Fort yep. Hill. It's, it's, that's only been run like three times, I think. Uh, yep. And Hartford, you mentioned that. I've done the full and a half there. Have you ever done the steel rail? Yep. I've done that one a couple of years. Yeah, that, that's a good one. I've done that one. I um, love that one. Yeah, that's I do one too. of my favorite bike paths. Yeah, they're um, they're changing that event. They're they're adding a, a marathon to that. Yep, and I believe that one this year is also the same day as uh, the Fort Hill half. I believe it is in early October. Yeah, and and they're gonna ultimately they'll be changing the route. I believe. I think yep, they're gonna have all they the are. events end in Pittsfield. Yep, I think they were gonna reverse it or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they because uh, it used to start in at, at the uh, Lanesboro Mall. Or, yep. Uh, Berkshire Mall and, and what's left of it and, and then end yep. with Adams <laughs> or Adams, I think. And, and uh, now it's going to, it's going to end in Pittsfield. Yep. That might be a marathon I would consider, but I don't want to put the cart before the horse too soon. <laughs> right, right, right. And let's see the Holyoke. I, I don't know if you ever done the half that goes along with the full. Yep. I've done that. Cause we mentioned run the remember and I and horse. Yep. And um, the other one on my list was Westfield. I've done that one. Yeah, that one. So that one's being rescheduled for the um, for this fall. You, typically, that's in early June. I, f I actually forgot about that one. I'll have to check the date on that one. That's a possibility. So you've traveled to some half marathons uh, and you went to Iowa. What, what's the farthest distance that you've traveled? I think Iowa was the farthest one. And I also do them in Ocean City, Maryland. And then this fall, I'll be doing one in Delaware in November. It's fun to uh, travel to events, you know, make a weekend out of it. It is. And it's even more exciting when you run into somebody who's like from this, from Iowa or close to your same town. It just, and it's fun because I love, my husband and I love to travel. And it's just neat to do different things. And instead of, you know, we make reservations now, I wait and check to see if there's any races in the area. So do, do you have a, a specific fueling strategy for your half? Yep. I usually carry a water belt and part of, I train anytime I do over five miles, I bring my water belt, which I has contained, um, you know, different type of hydration drink right now. I'm using the, the, the nun um, tablets. And then I do like chop blocks or whatever and gels every three miles. I stop and walk maybe 
a tenth to a you know two tenths or a quarter of a mile kind of depending on what how I'm feeling and then once I stop and feel then I start up again prior to, to a race do you have any special diet I mean do carb loading or... I usually I carb load the night before use if it's an out-of-state race it usually is a um olive garden night of pasta <laughs> and sauce <laughs> and lots and lots of water smart so you've certainly done uh, many events and I should mention that Many of your races are fundraising activities for Worthy yeah. Cause. So it's great that you've encouraged so many people to uh, donate to worthwhile causes. And that's like one of the highlights of my running. When you have a purpose, it's like it makes it that much more special. Like I do the Mother's Day half in memory of a close family um, that I'm my close, my second family, I should say, and it's their mother passed away of, of cancer. And every Mother's Day, I do it in memory of her, and I have a t-shirt, a shirt I wear, and uh, it just makes that finish line that much more special. And this year, I was able to actually get an extra medal, and I was able to leave it at her um, gravesite, and that was just like such a great experience. Wow. And then I also run for do Griffin's friends, um, and out for um, fundraising. And this year, I also did uh, fundraising for Mass General Hospital, and I. Um, one of my little secrets to keep for my, when I'm not running is I, I crochet. So when I do my fundraisers, I, I make stuff and that way I leave an impact. Not only um, with the, when the people are wearing a, a hat I made or this year I'm doing washcloths, they can look at that and, and think of me and the reason why they have that in their hand. Yeah, that's special. So let's uh, move on to marathons now. So you said earlier you've run eight marathons, I believe. Correct. So, um, any favorites uh, among those that group of eight? My favorite, I'd have to say, was the Cape one because it it's all around. It's not just in the same area. The way it's spread out, you're not you don't really do the um, do anything two or three times. That's probably my favorite one. It's and the views and the houses are just it keeps your mind off how long of a race it is and it makes it go by a lot quicker. And that's the one you did the chowder challenge, right? So yep. the day, be, day before that, you ran a half marathon. Correct. So what's it like, you know, running two long distances in, in two days? I guess the first time it was like, holy crap, did I really just do that? To it's like you just break it down into two events, two races. When you get done on Saturday, you instantly go into um, recovery slash um, carb loading for the next day. <laughs> I once ran two marathons in, in two weeks and, and that's where I would never do that Ouch. again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I have to say though, it's like the hardest part of doing the challenge. It's like when you wake up on Monday, it's like, it's over and it's like, okay, now what? A, a little bit of a letdown, right? <laughs> it, it, well, you know what? That's it, it is. And it's like, okay, now do I train, start training for another one? Or it's like, it's, it's an adjustment. It really is. Yeah, and I guess if you feel good, then you're ready to sign up for, for another one. <laughs> exactly. Then you've also, I believe, run some ultra events. Yeah, I've done the, what is it, the Seth's Badass 50. I did yep. that one. Yeah, you did that one. That's in uh, at uh, Forest Park. Yep. And that one was, that one, I, I don't know if I, I would consider doing it again, but, you know, 10 loops on a, around Forest Park gets kind of boring after a while. Yeah, I think you need... Um, people to run with you, uh, help, yep. help uh, break the monotony. Yep. So that's 50K or 31 miles. Yep. That's the only ultra you've done thus far, right? That's the only one I've done, correct. So in addition to running, you also enjoy cycling. Correct. 
What cycling events have you done? When I was a child growing up, I used to be actually a BMX racer. So <clears throat> biking has always been like my favorite, my go-to. So growing up, that was a big thing for me. And I've actually, when I was a, a senior, no, a junior in high school, I actually participated in a triathlon relay. Um, I did the, the cycling part of it and we actually came in first place. So I guess I can say I had experience back in high school for doing it. As far as recently, I just ride for fun, but I did do the duathlon at the Chicopee State Park. And uh, I finished third place overall. Wow, that's awesome. Duathlon is running and biking. Yep, I ran, I think it was three miles, biked 13 miles and ran four miles again. And I would love to do that again. So have you ever done the ride to remember the hundred mile ride from Springfield to Boston? I have not. And I really have no desire to do it. <laughs> but you, you help your friend Cheryl train for that, I believe, right? I helped her train for that. And um, I have just because I wanted to say I did it one day, I did ride a hundred miles on my bike. Wow. It's impressive. So I can, t <laughs> I find myself, if I get it in my head to do something, I don't stop till I do it. Oh, yes. No, Cindy and I did a 55-mile ride in New York State, Hudson Valley ride back a few years ago. That, that's, oh, that's, that's, that's our limit. That event, you could sign up for different distances. Um, so you could do 100, 75, 55, and so on. We did the 55. It's a beautiful area there. It was hilly. We also did that same year, we, we did the um, Five Borough ride in New York City. <gasps> that I've seen that. We, we go to Ocean City, Maryland in the past. That ride was going on when we were driving through. And that's one of those races that, you know, that's an, a ride that's in the back of my head. Like I like to try, you know, traveling and doing with my bike, but I got to find someone who travels with me. And unfortunately I can't convince Tammy to get a bike. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> that one was good. A group of us went down and, and we stayed overnight and um, yeah, it's about 40 miles. Um, it, it's mm -hmm. not, you're not going at a real fast pace because there's right. so many cyclists. There's like, I think 30, and that's the hardest part. And that's the part like with the ride to remember there's, you know, so many people and they're, they set such a fast pace. It's like when I do biking, I want to go and enjoy it. I don't want to, it's not about speed. Oh, you'd like these New York events then. I think yep. uh, the, um, the Hudson Valley one was nice because you go at your own pace. There's no right. pressure. Exactly. Let's talk about other training then. So in addition to running and cycling, I mentioned earlier, you're, you're a member at Roots Aquatics uh, and, and Fitness Center in Westfield. And mm -hmm. you and I, participate in some of the same classes together. So you're quite a bit at, at Tread and Shred, which is it's a combination of interval training on the treadmill and, and strength training. Um, mm -hmm. Do you find that cross training has helped your running? It has helped my running immensely because I find that I'm stronger and my injuries are less frequent because it's built up my core. It's kind of changed my, you know, when you work, you work every muscle group rather than just your legs. It makes you just that much better and also doing the classes I've met some amazing people which has increased my running family I can say the same thing that's why I signed up for roots to begin with because yep. I was just suffering from too many nagging you know running injuries and exactly it's now it's nice it's like I've learned that you don't have to run every day it's okay to cross train and you get just as much of a runner's high out of tread and tread as you do when you're running so with such a high volume of long distance events, how have you managed to avoid injury? I can't say that I've managed to avoid injury. I back in, I've had hip flexors, um, quad, I pulled my quad muscle. 
obviously stitches and sadly enough back in, I believe it was 2017, 2018. Yeah. 20, um, maybe it was 2018. I um, was being treated for, I was told it was a shin splint that I should just take a break. So I was, I switched to riding my bike that way. I wasn't hurting my legs. And unfortunately it, the pain kept nagging and they just said to just take it easy. So I uh, proceeded a couple weeks later, I had signed up for a 5k and a half marathon challenge down in Rehoboth beach. I power walked the 5k and sadly that night, a friend of mine passed away of cancer. So I was determined to do the half marathon in her memory and knowing that I didn't have a time limit. I'm like, I can just take as long as I need to, to finish. And at mile three, I felt something pop in my leg, thought nothing of it. And by mile 10, the pain was so intense. I had to be, uh, helped off the um, course and given a ride back to my car. Two days later, an x-ray was taken and the radiologist asked me if I had veins of steel because I was walking on a broken leg. Oh my goodness. Apparently I had a stress fracture that gave way. So that grounded me and made me really reevaluate what I was doing, what I, (laughs) apparently I was doing something wrong. A lot of runners have the mentality of, um, you learn to run through minor aches and pains. And yep. it's hard, sometimes it's hard to distinguish something that's a, a minor ache in pain versus something that's really serious. And maybe you should stop. Well, you know the old saying, if you ignore it, it'll go away. And I think so many times that's what is in my head. Like, oh, it's, this is nothing. I'll take Advil and I won't feel it. it will, you know, I'm all set for this. I, I still got, I got to run today. I can't say no, I can't, I can't pass this up. And I've learned through the years that sometimes cheering on a runner is just as exciting as finishing. And that's what sometimes you have to learn to do that. And that's the hardest part is seeing, you know, your friend finish something that you should be next by their side doing it. I agree. So how are you feeling now? I feel great. As a matter of fact, I'm hoping to go for a a run this afternoon, but I've been working a lot of hours at work. So I haven't been running as much as I have. I normally do, but it's also kind of nice to uh, give my body a nice rest before I dive into marathon training. So how many miles a week do you typically run? I'm averaging about 20 miles, 20, 25 miles a week, sometimes more, sometimes less, but that's about the average. Yeah, that's probably not too far off from my, my average. Yeah. And, and do you have a favorite place to go? Uh, one of my, I guess I'd like the, um, the East Hampton bike path. I just discovered how beautiful the Whiting Reservoir is. Um, and yeah, just- I love both those places. Yeah. And what's nice too, is my husband loves to metal detect and he's obviously retired. So a lot of times we'll just randomly pick a place where he goes metal detecting. And I tell him how far I'm going to run. And while he's metal detecting, I take, I go for a run and we both get out. Yeah. And the East Hampton bike path afterwards, uh, if you like bagels, uh, the tandem. Oh uh, yes, there's tandem. There's also <laughs> basically, if you think about it, there's a tandem on almost all the bike paths. If you know where to look, because there's, That's one, true. there's in one in Hadley. Yeah. Yeah. I tried that one's not too far. And then Florence now, and right. then there's one in Northampton at the, um, by the fire station. That's right. <laughs> and I believe they're building a fifth location in West Springfield, if I'm not mistaken. I, I heard that. Next to the running store, a fast feed, I believe, right down in that area. So you can go get a new pair of shoes and a bagel at the same time. <laughs> right, right. So do you have any <laughs> like favorite, <laughs> favorite running shoes? Usually for my distance, um, I do Saucony rides, um, but I've been finding that I've been because um, I'm a cheap, I'm a cheapskate is I've been finding a lot of clear, Nike clearances 
uh, at JCPenney. So for my little 5Ks or my beater shoes, that's what I've been wearing. But I swear by Saucony, I've never had any issues with them. So, so you must have a closet full of used running shoes then. I do. Usually I pack up a big bag and I drop them off to uh, running stores where they recycle them or I give them to charity or if there's still miles left or they still look good, I give them to, to people just for, that need a pair of shoes. Because I uh, I accumulated many old running shoes and I, I had a like a little mountain in one of my closets and, and Cindy finally told me that I had to get rid of them. You know, I said, well, they still got good tread on them. I use them the most. No, it's like, oh, I do. Yeah. It's like shame on the, the, the nerve of them telling us we have to give up stuff, right? Yeah. You know, it's like <laughs> three to 500 miles. And I said, well, these are still yeah. good. You know? <laughs> they still look new on And it's what I have to explain to my husband too. He's like, you just bought new shoes. I'm like, that was 400 miles ago. You don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So at that patient run 25 miles a week, you, you know, you're replacing your shoes every four months or so. <laughs> yep. Finally, uh, Cindy got on my case enough. I finally put them all in a, in a bag and, and, and brought them to uh, fast feed to be recycled. <laughs> yep. That's what I do. And I go in it like with my running clothes, which I obviously have a ton of running clothes. I tell people that I'm never going to win a race I, I enter, but if there's ever a, an entry for the best dressed runner, that will be me. Um, yeah. But I also pass along my running clothes to uh, people, to fellow runners or people that are just starting out. So yeah. it's Very nice kind. within the running community, you can pass things, you know, share things, whether it's stories or running clothes or ideas. It's wonderful. Yeah, especially in recent years, they usually give out tech shirts. I, I remember back yep. when I started running, there were cotton shirts. Well, I just did... Uh, the Providence half marathon back in May, and they actually gave you a jacket instead of a shirt. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. That's a nice one. So I'd like it something when it's other than just a shirt or a, what is it? One of the races I got a stocking hat. It's like, okay, now we're talking. Yeah, nice. So Meredith, this has been great having you share your experiences with half marathons and other events. Um, and, and Any last thoughts? Nothing. I, I guess it's like if anybody, anybody can be a runner, whether or not you're sitting at home watching TV or just out there pondering, put on a pair of shoes and give it a shot. Just remember one step at a time, every, one mile at a time. And if I can do it, you can do it. Well, that, that's great advice. So uh, thanks for um, being on the Let's Run podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm sure I'll be seeing you at Roots and maybe yep. at some local events. And one day I'll see you at Boston. One day. Uh, I'm sure that will happen. <laughs> well, thank you. Take care. Thank you for having me. In an earlier podcast, I mentioned the New York Times running newsletter. If you sign up for this free newsletter, you'll receive an email every Saturday. In last week's newsletter, there was a feature on Ellie Puria St. Pierre, who grew up on a dairy farm in Montgomery, Vermont, population 784, and holds the record for the indoor mile at 4 minutes and 16.85 seconds. Ellie has her sights set on the 1,500-meter event at the Tokyo Olympics. But before she could stamp her ticket for Tokyo, she needed to qualify for one of the three spots up for grabs at the U.S. Olympic track and field trials in Eugene, Oregon. On her 1,500-meter run on Friday, Ellie was shoved off the track early in the race and came back to win easily with a time of 3 minutes and 58 seconds, a record for the U.S. Olympic trials. You should check out that video. So Ellie will indeed be headed for Tokyo. 
Ellie is still active in her family's dairy farm and credits growing up on a dairy farm with a strong work ethic. By the way, my wife, Cindy, grew up on a dairy farm, and I can attest that she does indeed have a strong work ethic also. The New York Times running newsletter also has a link to an article about exercise in the summer heat. Although we all know that early morning running in the summer is best, the article talks about a process called acclimatization in which you slowly start working out in warmer weather, perhaps after 10 a.m. These warmer weather workouts condition your body to better cope with the heat. The article recommends a warm shower after your workout to continue the acclimatization process. And it also suggests chilling your underwear in the freezer during the evening before your workout. I haven't tried that one yet. In this last segment of the podcast, I provide a listing of upcoming running events. Each week, I look for events on the the Harriers website, as well as the Running in the USA website. I did find a couple of new events this week. The Child's Trail Races are an eight-week series of 2.4-mile trail races for children 15 and under that take place every Tuesday evening at 6.30 p.m. at Van Horn Park in Springfield. The first race in the series is June 29th, and they extend until August 17th. The other new event that I found is the Knights of Columbus Scholarship 5K, which will be run on Sunday, July 25th at the Sewell Road School in Wilbraham. Here's a quick rundown of all events between now and the end of September. The local running club weeknight race series continues. On Monday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts a three-mile cross-country race at Stanley Park in Westfield. On Tuesday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts a 5K cross-country race at the Northampton Community Gardens on Burt's Pits Road. These races are hosted by Don and Sue Grant, who will be my guest on my next podcast. On Wednesday evenings, the Greater Springfield Harriers host their Summer Sizzler events at Forest Park. The run on Wednesday, June 30th, will be on the 8K on-road route. This is the last week of the time trial format. The Summer Sizzlers will revert to a traditional race format on July 7th. And on Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Empire One Running Club hosts 5K races at Ashley Reservoir in Holyoke. The Elks is open for post-race food, drink, and fun. Also on Thursday evenings at 6.30 p.m., the Northfield Summer Road Race Series takes place. Now for upcoming races. There were three Western Mass running events on Sunday, July 4th. The Harriers Big Fourth 5K will be an in-person event at the Basketball Hall of Fame in Springfield. Four Run 3 is hosting the Freedom 4-Miler to take place immediately prior to the annual East Longmeadow July 4th Parade. And the Berkshire Running Center hosts the Firecracker 5K in Dalton. On the weekend of July 10th and 11th, the Chesterfield Gorge Ultra and 25K will take place. On Sunday, July 25th, in addition to the Knights of Columbus run in Wolverham that I previously mentioned, Nancy's run for the ACCRF will take place, a four-mile race at Outlook Farm in West Hampton. And on Saturday, August 21st, the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts the 40th annual Montague Mug Race. 
On Sunday, August 22nd, the fifth annual race to end child abuse takes place in Greenfield. SMAC hosts the New England Green River Marathon on Sunday, August 29th. This race is already sold out. The Hoyt 5K Run and Walk will take place on Sunday, August 29th in Longmeadow. The Berkshire Running Center hosts the 46th Mount Greylock 8-mile road race on Sunday, September 5th. The Westfield 5K, 10K, and Half Marathon is scheduled to take place on Saturday, September 11th at the Boys and Girls Club in Westfield. Also on Saturday, September 11th, the halfway to St. Patrick's Day 5K returns to Ashley Reservoir. On Sunday, September 12th, the Black Birch Vineyard 10-mile race will take place in North Hatfield. This race is hosted by Impact Racing Events, who are led by Grant Ritter and Justin Colleen. Grant Ritter will be my guest on an upcoming podcast. On Saturday, September 18th, the Don Maynard Memorial 5-mile race will take place in Greenfield. The Walter Childs Race of Champions, otherwise known as the Holyoke Marathon, which is usually run in May, is tentatively scheduled to take place on Sunday, September 19th. Also on the Harriers website, there's a link for anyone who would like to apply to run for Team Hoyt at the 2021 Boston Marathon. On Sunday, September 26th, the Sugarloaf Mountain Athletic Club hosts the Summit, five, Summit Run 5K, a race to the summit of Mount Holyoke in Hadley. And as always, check the Hartford Marathon Foundation website for a listing of all of their upcoming events. Thank you for listening to the Let's Run Western Mass Running Podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please subscribe and share with your friends. And as always, happy running. Happy running.